How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast, available every week on Audio Boom, the iTunes Store, and from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Hello and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Ben, and coming up on this week's show, we're going to be looking back at all those Challenge Cup quarterfinal matches from midweek. We're also going to be talking about the Elite Ice Hockey League as well as the National Ice Hockey League. And speaking of the National Ice Hockey League, on this week's show, we're going to be catching up with the head coaches at Milton Keynes, the Leeds Chiefs, and the Alton Maces. All of that and loads more on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. everybody and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Loads of interviews coming up on this week's show. Later, we're going to be hearing from one of the coaches at the Altrincham Aces, Elliot Bain, to talk about North 2, as well as junior development in the Greater Manchester area. We're also going to be talking to the head coaches at the Leeds Chiefs. Uh, welcome return to Sam Zajac later in the show, and Lewis Clifford, his counterpart at the Milton Keynes Lightning. But before that, there's only one place we can turn to, and that's to the Oracle of British Ice Hockey, that's Mr. Craig Anderson of BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Loads of things to talk about this week. The Elite Ice Hockey League action from last week, as well as Wednesday night's quarter-final second legs of the Challenge Cup. And for more, I caught up with Craig on Thursday morning. Uh, so, Craig, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, this week uh, we're recording on Thursday, and we've done that uh, so we can include uh, the midweek Challenge Cup quarterfinal matches. And we've got the semi-finals all lined up. Uh, and uh, the first place to start is probably Cardiff Devils. I'm going to suggest uh, a 4-0 win over the Belfast Giants on Wednesday night. That's 5-0 on aggregate. Pretty comprehensive stuff by the Devils. Yeah, pretty comprehensive too. Um, two shutouts as well, which is even more surprising, I would say, given you know th- these two teams have probably been the best two teams the last two or three years. So quite a, an incredible uh, outcome for, for Cardiff, certainly, to get themselves over the line. They lost at this stage last year to Glasgow Clan, so they're obviously keen to, to get themselves into at least that last four position, which they, they've gone and done. But to do it against the holders in such comprehensive fashion, I think that'll be a sore one for the Belfast fans to take the, this morning as we record. 
Uh, well, Cardiff Devils will be travelling to the Nottingham Panthers uh, in the semi-finals. Uh, it's two-legged affair, obviously, uh, but in the first leg, it'll be the the away trip first for Cardiff. Uh, Nottingham were involved. Epic is is an understatement. I'm going to suggest what what are two matches these must have been. Guildford Flames five, Nottingham Panthers three on Wednesday evening. Uh, Nottingham going through eight six on aggregate. Uh, you got your money's worth in those two legs. Certainly looks that way. I think Guildford made it interesting towards the end with, with a couple of late goals. I think just to put put the, the tie in a little bit of doubt. I think for the Panthers fans who, who maybe thought that the job was already done, Guildford are not a team you can ever dismiss at all. I spoke with uh, Paul Dixon last Saturday when he was in Glasgow, and we we touched on that the first game. You know, and he was telling me, you know, that 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 game last week, the first leg was probably the worst he's, he's seen his team play. This season, they just weren't at the races at all. And obviously, they were keen to, to get back on the horse, as it were. They did that at the weekend in Scotland with the two wins. And then to, to keep this tie going as, as much as they did, to bring it to within two goals, I think was a real credit to them. Unfortunately, it just it wasn't to be in the end. They, they gave it their all. But unfortunately for them, that the first leg has really done them. Uh, you know, losing those three goals in the first period and the, the first leg has gave them a mountain to climb. They weren't able to, to overcome it. But good effort all the same. Now, as a as a football supporter, this this scoreline here, I think, is is fills me with, with warmth. It's a, it's a, a traditional way to end a match. Uh, obviously, in ice hockey, you have overtime and that kind of thing, but not in this particular game. Manchester Storm three, Sheffield Steelers three. Uh, Sheffield Steelers going through eight five on aggregate, and that sets up uh, the showdown with Glasgow. Uh, I'm not going to get you to say who would you have preferred as as a Glasgow con supporter, Craig, uh, but that. That is mouth-watering, uh, that, that tie there, but uh, Storm, Storm unlucky. Storm were unlucky. I had a chat with Zach Sullivan, their defenseman, uh, as you would have saw on the website uh, earlier in the week, and he was uh, making the point that the first goal was key. It was a 5-2 going into the second leg. They know they, they didn't do enough in the first leg, so that first goal um, would have, I think, been key in this tie. Manchester got the first goal, as it turned out, but Sheffield have got enough about them, haven't they? You know, maybe a, a good old-fashioned 3-3 draw at the end of it, but Steelers... You know, they were always kind of on top in, in terms of this tie. The first leg, winning at five-two, put them in a, a good position, and they, they staved off the, the, you know, any kind of challenge that, that Manchester were given to them. And again, those forward lines from the Sheffield Steelers, um, you know, looked to be very potent indeed. Robert Dowd and Brendan Connolly among the goals. Michael Davis, he's been out through suspension recently. He scored as well. So this is this is a Steelers team that you know have hit the high notes at times this season. They haven't done well in Manchester, curiously. They still haven't won in Manchester, um, come to think of it. Um, but, you know, they'll take that. They got the job done in the end. Going back to what you were saying about how we'd have preferred in the semi-final, it wouldn't have mattered. It's a tough tie, whoever Glasgow would have got anyway. Uh, but uh, we, we've discussed the Challenge Cup and the format and that kind of thing. But as we've seen here, that semi-final there, Sheffield against Glasgow, Nottingham against Cardiff, the, the Challenge Cup there, it's, it's, it's started to roar into life, hasn't it? Yeah, and we're seeing a, a case where the two teams who reached the final last year aren't involved now. They've both uh, fallen at the quarter-final stage, so we're going to see something a bit different this year. The final is in Cardiff on the 8th of March, I think I've got my date right. Um, you know, and I'd certainly love to see Glasgow in a final. They've never got, uh, got anywhere near to, to a final, um, although this is their second year in a row in the, the Challenge Cup last four. But hey, you know, I think we've got four good teams in this last four, and may the best team win. 
Now, uh, that's the Challenge Cup, and we'll be returning to that in the new year, obviously, uh, for those uh, semi-final two-legs affairs uh, in, in the Challenge Cup. Uh, but let's talk uh, about the Elite Ice Hockey League now. Uh, some results from last week and uh, some some big results as well. Uh, firstly, on Friday night, uh, the Belfast Giants won uh, the first of their, their two wins over the weekend, a 4-2 win at Dundee. They followed that up on Sunday with a 6-1 win over the Glasgow clan. Um, we'll come back to the Glasgow clan shortly, uh, but the Belfast Giants there, that's 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 a good weekend. A good weekend, and obviously bearing in mind either side of that, the two Challenge Cup games, which we've already spoke about, but it's important to get the league form up and running there. They're nicely nestled in that, that second spot behind the, the Sheffield Steelers. Uh, correction, third place, rather, but they are still only two points behind the Sheffield Steelers with a couple of games in hand. Um, so that, that makes it all very interesting. They needed to, to get these victories, of course. This is the, the stage of the season now where every win really, really matters. We're getting into a busy time of the year. So, you know, to, to go to Dundee, a place they haven't done well in this year. They've got a 4-2 victory, great for them. Um, and they kept that going on Sunday. And it looked comfortable against Glasgow Clan on Sunday. It was a, a comfortable win. They did concede the first goal. But from then on, once they got one back, there was no no stopping them, really. Um, we are starting to see signs of life in the Giants. It's taken them a bit of time. You know, this is a team that hasn't really gelled as, as quickly as I think Adam Keith um, would have liked. But, you know, if it, they can keep these kind of results going. And they've got some tough games coming up this weekend then who knows if they can come out of this weekend with four points in the bag, maybe we will start to see some momentum going at the Giants. And uh, when it comes to uh, Dundee, more generally, um, they, were, they were beaten on Sunday night by by six goals to three. You've mentioned uh, in, in five things we learned, you know, just that, you know, just, just discussing Dundee, basically, and where they are at the moment. They are in a bit of a trough, aren't they? They are, and, you know, it was uh, Omar Pasha's um, signalled some changes. He's, he's let go of Elgin Pierce and Justin Malin, and uh, brought in was Alex Seanborn, if I've got his name right, and Matt Carter, who's uh, familiar with the, the Nottingham Panthers fans. So that's changes it was maybe needed. I was surprised by Pierce actually, because um, I thought he started the season really well. The early couple, early few games, I did see him. He looked impressive. That said, when I saw him against the Clan recently in the Challenge Cup, and this is only one game, it's always unfair to judge someone on one game. He didn't look like the same player. Now I can't speak for any other games that have been uh, taking place and what kind of performances he's put in, but. Um, Omar Pasha obviously feels a change is needed they are a little bit adrift in the standings and when you look at it right now seven points away from Fife who are in eighth place and that's troublesome at this stage in the season it's not insurmountable they can certainly get it back but they need to go on quite a bit of a run to, to get themselves into the reckoning again these changes might give them the spark they need it's always a gamble when you make a change to your team at this stage in the season hopefully for Dundee it can pay off now, we'll return uh, to the bottom end of the table shortly because I'd like to discuss the Coventry plays uh, a, a bit more, actually. But just to go back uh, to the top end, uh, one game uh, for the league leader Sheffield Steelers, uh, a 6-2 win over the five Flyers. Uh, that was important given how, where Belfast, uh, how Belfast performed over the weekend. It's also pretty important as well given the fact that Cardiff Devils lost after overtime against the Nottingham Panthers on Saturday. So Sheffield, they're doing what they need to do and we'll be looking elsewhere going, that, that's it's not too bad, that. Yeah, definitely. You know, home wins are always are always welcome. But against a team like Fife, who, who can surprise teams at times, um, they, they may not have had the best of forms this season, but they can certainly pick up results when maybe you least expect them to. But this looked reasonably comfortable for the Steelers. They got two goals in each period in that 6-2 win over Fife. Mark olivier Valoran, who's been quite deadly for them this year, um, picking up a couple of goals. Robert Down as well, we all know what he's about. 
So it's certainly a good win for the Steelers. It, it keeps them uh, that little bit away from, from Belfast and Cardiff. But those games in hand, I think, will make a, a difference in the fullness of time. But if the Steelers can stay top of the league going into the festive period, then, uh, yep, it's certainly cooking. Now, uh, let's. Uh, it's a new a new segment in the show uh, I'm calling. Uh, let's talk about Guildford, but let's talk about Guildford quietly. Uh, but Guildford, <laughs> uh, what, what a fantastic weekend uh, when it comes to the Elite League. Uh, a 3-1 win over the clan on Saturday, followed up by a 5-2 win at Fife on Sunday. Guildford, 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 just four points off top spot with games in hand. Yeah, incredible run they're on at the moment. I don't have the exact stat to hand at the moment. Uh, a little bit off the cuff here. But no, two great wins in, in Scotland, as you say. I, I saw them on Saturday against the Clan. Very well-organised team. You know, Clan just had one of those nights. It was very frustrating for them. Guilford kept shutting them down. Again, deadly going forward. Ian Waters um, with a goal as well. He's got a great record against the Clan, actually. I think he scored in each of the last eight or nine meetings uh, against Glasgow. Um, and he, he got the third one in the end that secured the victory. Um, and then to carry that into to Fife, a 5-2 win. You know, Fife coming back on, on the back of that uh, defeat in Sheffield on Saturday night. Disappointing one for them, but Guildford blew Fife away in the, the third period with four goals. TJ Foster, Ben Davis, Ian Waters and Brett Ferguson. Fife were leading 2-1 going into the third and Guildford blew them away. Um, so that's terrific from Paul Dixon's men. They really are uh, hitting some momentum right now. They didn't start the season well, but my goodness, they, they've more than made up for that. Four games adrift of Sheffield Steelers. 26-22, to 22. and as you said there, Ben, four points of a difference between them as well. I said last week, they've moved themselves into the title race. They've certainly done that in a, a fantastic couple of games for them. But let's not talk about Guildford anymore, because we want no, to keep no, it under, under, under the radar. Uh, but anyway, um, just to talk about the bottom end of the table, we mentioned the Dundee Stars. Obviously, two defeats for Fife. Uh, Manchester Storm did pick up a, a good win uh, over the Nottingham Panthers, a very good win over the Nottingham Panthers on Sunday by three goals to two. But I'd just like to talk about the Coventry Blaze, because they've had a good weekend, haven't they? They beat the Storm on Saturday by four four goals to three at Altrincham uh, and uh, obviously they won against the Dundee Stars on Sunday so back-to-back wins there for for the Blaze and uh, they're starting to see a bit of daylight between themselves and ninth. Do you know it's funny I wrote a piece on the website I think it was five things we learned about Coventry and the fact that you know we, we, we talk up a team or talk down a team and next thing the, the fortunes change and that's exactly what happened with Coventry they were on a, a run of about five or six defeats on the trot I wrote that. Next thing you know, they've won three in a row. No, I'm not attributing all to myself. Of course not. That's uh, no, no. We should. We should. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, Coventry. But uh, no, you know, to follow up the, the win against Dundee with a, a four-three uh, win at Manchester on Saturday, uh, you know, fantastic for them. Again, it just shows you um, that, that Danny Stewart. You know, has got the players in there that, that can really do the business when they have to. They've got goal scorers in that team. Charles Corcoran, who of course signed from Dundee in the summer, he's looked quite dangerous this year. He's, he's packed away a few goals this year. But uh, going to Manchester, getting a, a fantastic victory there. And as you say, Ben, following it up um, with uh, another win on Sunday. Dundee Stars again um, at home. Wonderful. You know, they really are hitting the right stride. I think there was concern over the net minding position. I don't think they were too convinced with Jamie Phillips, which is why they've they've made the change this week. You may have saw CJ Mott has come in um, to replace him. So Danny Stewart obviously felt there was maybe a bit more experience, a bit more strength needed uh, between the pipes, and he's certainly done that. Whether that move pays off, we'll have to wait and see. 
Well, uh, matches then for this weekend as we enter Christmas week, everybody. Very, mm. very exciting times. Uh, but uh, on Saturday uh, and Sunday, we've got some big, big matches. Uh, firstly, on Saturday, Guildford will be hosting the aforementioned Coventry Blaze. Uh, Sheffield hosting Glasgow. Dundee will be travelling south to take on Nottingham. Manchester hosting Fife. And uh, just a small matter of the Belfast Giants against the Cardiff Devils, blimey. And then on Sunday, we've got Glasgow against Sheffield, Dundee hosting Nottingham, Coventry hosting Guildford, Manchester travelling uh, to Wales to take on Cardiff, and Fife hosting the Belfast Giants. Without stating the bleeding obvious, it looks like some big games there, but but Belfast v Cardiff does stand out, as does Sheffield-Glasgow. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. One thing to note about the Sheffield-Glasgow doubleheader is the fact that Clan go into this game um, I was doing some stuff uh, on Wednesday night there. Clan have actually won the last six meetings between the two teams. Nice. They've won eight of the last nine. And the game they did lose, they did take a point from it. So Glasgow have had a, a great record against Sheffield Steelers. And that goes back to almost two years to the day as well. So could this be the weekend the Steelers turn that around? We'll have to, to wait and see. Guildford and Coventry looks an interesting doubleheader. You know, we, we've spoken about the, the weekends they've had and the fact the two of them are on winning runs right now. Something's got to give over these two games. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a split um, a win either way in these two fixtures. But could be interesting. Um, we, we could see what these two teams are all about this weekend. Now, uh, let's uh, before you go, Craig, let's just talk about the National Ice Hockey League. Should say uh, we've got Lewis Clifford of the uh, of Milton Keynes and Sam Zajax at Leeds coming on the show this week. Uh, so, um, but we do have to start with the top of the table and Telford Tigers opening up a five point lead up at the top. Uh, quite a, quite a weekend um, for the Shropshire Club, winning on Saturday by five goals to four against the Bratnell Bees, following that up with, and, and we said it was game of the weekend, uh, Telford Tigers eight, Swindon Wildcats six. Um, that's, is is that is that a pivotal weekend or is the, do you feel like there's a few more twists and turns yet? I still think there's a few more twists and turns to come, but Telford are certainly strengthening that position, getting the win over Swindon. I certainly more than helped that. Um, one player that I thought stood out was Brandon Whistle, um, the, the brother of Jackson Whistle, the Nottingham Panthers uh, netminder. Um, he got a couple of goals over the weekend. He's, he's got actually he was at 20, 27 points, I'm looking here, 27 points from 20 games played. So he's making himself a real key player for Tom Watkins' side. But good to see them top of the table. As you say, five points clear um, off Swindon in that second position. Swindon do have a game in hand on them. And whether they can keep that going, they've got some tough games coming up. Telford, they're all tough games in this division, aren't they? Um, you know, they've got Hull Pirates this weekend, Sheffield Steel Dogs, a doubleheader with Leeds, who you know may or may not be um, back in the back in the hunt for for getting away from that bottom position. Mm. It's going to be a tough few weeks for Telford, but we'll soon see the making of them in the coming weeks. Uh, elsewhere, and uh, we did mention we're, we're having Leeds and Milton Keynes on. That's because they got back to back wins over the weekend. Uh, Milton Keynes Lightning uh, beating the Sheffield Steel Dogs by five goals to two on Saturday, following that up in South Yorkshire, beating uh, Sheffield again on Sunday by four goals to three. But Leeds, I think the, the results of the weekend outside of Telford's, uh, Leeds beating Basingstoke twice, firstly 4-2 on Saturday at Basingstoke, 3-2 against Basingstoke at home on Sunday. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's amazing, and I think it's rounded off what's been a, a good week for Leeds when we've discovered that their Ellen Road rink um, will be opening very soon. And In fact, I think they announced that their opening game there will be on the 31st of January against the Sheffield Steel Dogs, so that'll be a bit tasty. Um, but no, well done to, to Sammy. When you look at the, their line as well, I was looking, I've got their team sheets open right now. 12 skaters 
um, they had uh, in both games. And to register two victories against Basingstoke, who are in the top half of that table, and deservedly so. That's quite the achievement, as you rightly say, Ben. Results of the weekend. I would actually say that's probably a little bit more than, than Telford Tigers' results, um, in my opinion. But good for them. You know, they're starting to, things are starting to happen at Leeds. They made a few changes to the personnel as well. So happier times ahead. Let's hope so. A special mention as well to the Raiders. They beat the whole Pirates on Saturday by six goals to three, um, which which isn't bad at all, uh, considering how Hull have been playing recently. Uh, so uh, congratulations to the Raiders. Uh, but it's certainly it, it's certainly hotting up, isn't it? The the uh, the National Ice Hockey League. Um, right, Craig. Just before we go, uh, just a quick mention for BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Loads of great articles over the past seven days or so on the website. Uh, what what's coming up in your world over the next seven days? Christmas, basically. <laughs> um, no, I just tied up a few things. I'll try and get a blog out early next week just to kind of cover the weekend. And then I think we'll kind of wind down a little bit over the Christmas period, allow folk to enjoy their, their Christmas dinner and what have you. But no, we'll, we'll certainly keep an eye on things and we'll, we'll, we'll certainly come out with anything that, that needs, to, needs to be mentioned. But it's interesting times, that's for sure. And a big thank you to Craig Anderson from BritishIceHockey.co.uk for joining us on this week's show. Let's stick now with the National Ice Hockey League. And in a second, we're going to be hearing from Sam Zajac at the Leeds Chiefs all about their back-to-back wins over the weekend against the Basingstoke Bison. But what a weekend it's been for the Milton Keynes Lightning and uh, what a run of form they're on as well. They've won five of the last six. Uh, and joining me now down the other end of the phone, we should be joined by the welcome return of head coach at the Milton Keynes Lightning. It's a welcome return to Lewis Clifford. Well, Lewis, a big thank you for joining us and uh, a fantastic set of results uh, over the weekend and uh, a great run of form you're on at the moment. Uh, how, how's it all looking at the moment at Milton Keynes? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the weekend was good. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're uh, a decent run of form at the moment. We've won out of our last six. Um, but, you know, um, it, this league's so good at the moment, we can't rest on our laurels, you know, that, you know, all, all of us beat each other and, um, you know, we've just got to keep uh, playing well and, and improving our performances to to make sure that we we're able to keep winning. Now we spoke uh, a, a while ago about about you know your, your your plans at Milton Keynes and and how it's it's gonna you know it's a bit of a rebuilding job and that kind of thing. But I mean the the, the it's it's all clicked all of a sudden, hasn't it? I mean, what what's it all down to? Do you feel? Uh, I think to be honest with you, the the early season form or, or lack of form was down to, you know, we, we were a brand new team, um, people still finding their, their place, their role. Um, and then, you know, we had a terrible injury crisis early on in the year, um, which set us back even further. You know, um, we've been able to sort of get a more established uh, over the recent weeks, you know, made a couple of changes to the roster. And, and over the last few weeks, that's sort of um, come to the fore and, and you know, and, and been shown that, you know, we are actually a, a competitive team in this league. So uh, now you've getting a, a better sense of the squad you've got and and that kind of thing. I mean, what do you, what do you think is possible now for for Milton Keynes this season? Are you starting to adjust your expectations, or are you still trying to keep it steady as it goes? Uh, to be honest with you, mate, I don't think we're in a position to be making any bold predictions. You know, we're um, we're just very much taking one game at a time, one weekend at a time, um, and just you know try and keep winning. The teams at the top of the table are are quite far away from us points wise. Um, you know, there's there's some that are certainly catchable, um, but you know, all we can keep doing is control ourselves. You know, keep keep winning as many games as we can, you know, keep uh, improving our performances, and and you know, move up the table one place at a time rather than sort of looking at the end game. 
Now let's talk about uh, the last weekend's results and uh, against the, the the two wins against the the Sheffield Steel Dogs. Uh, some good scoring going on there, that that's for sure. But uh, I mean, what what do you take from those two matches? Um, I think we played um, better on Saturday than we did on Sunday. Uh, you know, I, w- I wasn't ecstatic with the actual performance uh, on Sunday, but you know what, uh, I'm not going to fault a win. You know, a win's a win, and we haven't had enough of them so far this season. So. You know, anytime we can get a win, I'm I'm going to be obviously happy with that. But I do know, you know, that was us far from our best, and we, we've got to perform better when we're uh, we're playing other teams. You know, Sheffield are going through their own sort of injury crisis at the moment, um, and we weren't really, you know, at the races for for large parts of the game on Sunday. But you know, as having said that, um, you know, we'll take them anywhere they come, um, and um, two points is two points. And we should say as well, uh, congratulations for for all the teddies that were donated as well to the to the Willing Hospice uh, on Saturday. Uh, it's become a bit of a, an ice hockey tradition just to to launch a load of teddy bears on, on the on the festive period, and uh, that, that's that's great to see, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, it was it was all um, set up really for the um, the visit to the children's ward at, at Milton Keynes Hospital, um, but we just had so many that you know we had to find other worthwhile causes around around Milton Keynes. So uh, yeah, Willing Hospice. Um, benefited from that as well as a couple of other local charities and you know it's it's fantastic but really it's testament to the generosity of all the people that were in the building on on Saturday night because you know there was a lot of teddies there trust me I know because I had to uh, cart them all around Milton Keynes uh, (laughs) in my car all week so yeah it's um you know the the, the generosity never you know it never fails to amaze me um you know what what is sort of an insignificant um act of you know chucking the teddy on the ice to some people who really does make the the world a difference to to other people you know who are are going through a tough time at the moment or you know um suffering from ill health so you know thanks to everyone that donated and you know it was it was uh, my privilege really to be involved in that and be able to take it to you know to put some smiles on some faces yeah, absolutely. Hopefully that good vibe will continue as well this weekend. Uh, you got a, a doubleheader against Basingstoke Bison. Uh, you're travelling to Basingstoke on, on Sunday, but you got that home game on Saturday. Th- th- this is this is big, isn't it, at this stage of the season, given the run you're on as well? Yeah, I mean, every game's big. Um, you know, we're, like I said earlier, we're not in a, a position to, you know, to turn our, our noses up at any point. Um, you know, Basingstoke had results that I know full well they're not happy with last weekend against Leeds. And, um, you know, they, they're going to come in flying out on Saturday night and we need to be ready for that, you know, um, not, you know, take a period or a period and a half to get into the game because I know they're going to come out hungry and, you know, games against them are, are usually well contested and, and well battled affairs and um, are certainly over 120 minutes um, of the weekend. You know, I think I think it's going to swing both ways. Um, you know, we'll, we'll probably be leading for some of it. We'll probably be behind for some of it. But, you know, um, we just have to m- find ways to manage games and manage situations to make sure that, you know, we're, we're getting points. Um, and what, like I said, one game at a time, uh, we'll worry about Saturday first. And then once Saturday's out of the way, then we'll start thinking about getting on the bus and going to Basingstoke on Sunday. Lewis Clifford, their head coach at Milton Keynes. Let's stick now with the National Ice Hockey League. As we were discussing earlier, Great weekend for the Leeds Chiefs. Back-to-back wins over Basingstoke and the announcement of a date when they'll be moving to their new home within the city of Leeds. And uh, joining me now down the other end of the phone, we should be joined by the welcome return of player head coach at the Leeds Chiefs. It's Sam Zajac. 
Um, well, Sam, a big thank you for joining us. And, and what a cracking weekend you've had, both on and off the ice. Uh, let's start with on the ice, firstly. Uh, two great wins there against Basie Stoker. H- how was the weekend for you? Yeah, it was a massive weekend for us as, uh, as a whole organisation. I think the uh, the guys leaving in the week, some people probably thought, you know, it's it's going to be a struggle from here. Maybe some people were probably thinking that our season's realistically over. But I think the way the guys pulled together on the weekend and, and the battling performance we put in um, really kind of proved it out as well. And I think we used that as, as fuel, you know, to get us going. And well, it's a good team down in Basingstoke and it's a very tough place to play. So to come out with four points was huge for us. And I was going to say, I mean, uh, it's it's uh, especially that performance, uh, you know, with the overtime win as well. Um, short on the bench, I think it's safe to say. Um, you must be so proud of, of your team as well. Yeah, unbelievably proud. Um, you know, everyone everyone bought in. I think you couldn't single anyone out. Um, everyone bought in. Did exactly what we you know what we wanted to try and achieve down there. You know, we did really simple hockey. We we trapped at times and. And yeah, we probably did ride our luck at times, and obviously rode probably the best goalie in the league, and Sam Russell at times. But um, yeah, everyone bought in, you know, everyone gave a hundred percent, and it was uh, it was fantastic. Come out there with all four points. So for a four point weekend uh, for, for Leeds, and the announcement as well, we should say that finally we, you've got a moving in date. Yeah, we have thirty uh, first of January. Uh, I've just been down in the rink yesterday, and it's it's really coming on. It's it's really getting there now. You know, all the lighting's in, the boards, the plexi. Everything's in. You can really see it starting to take shape, and it's going to be a fantastic facility when it does finally open. And we can't wait now, and especially now we've got an end date and something to look forward to. It's uh, it just puts that bit more um, closure on it, and yeah, we can't wait to get in and start playing our game in front of those fans. I mean, the sky's the limit, really, isn't it, for Leeds? Because, like you touched upon there, that you know it's it's going to be great for the fans and that kind of thing. But you you're already you know drawing in uh, fans and you're already you know you, the Yorkshire Evening Post uh, covers the team extensively and that kind of thing so when you've got your own venue within the city that that's when it really takes off it looks like yes yeah, it's, it's a huge city and obviously they haven't really been exposed to this sport before and, and we think you know the rink's in a great location it's right by the football ground and it's you know a couple of miles from the city centre and it's, there's, a, there's a load of park and ride. It's, it's just off the motorway. I think um, all things considered, it's going to be a fantastic location um, to attract people into. And uh, yeah, we we've been taken aback with the amount of um, fans that we've had at some of our away games, especially in the likes of in Sheffield and Hull, and uh, even just the interaction we've had online. I think there's a there's a really strong following already. And now that we're going to have somewhere to call home, I think that's only going to grow. Now, uh, with obviously that's that's off the ice, and that and that's something to look forward to for the future. And uh, it's you know it's it's looming large now that that first game uh, in the in the new venue. Uh, but before that, you've got some got some tricky games coming up. You've got the Raiders on Saturday. Uh, then you're travelling uh, down the road to take on the Hull Pirates. Uh, the, the games are coming thick and fast over the festive period as well. It looks like with uh, games on the 28th against Telford. Um, tough one, this one. Yeah, it is. But I mean, you know, playing hockey in this country, you, you kind of get used to it. Um, you know, everyone's always used to having that busy festive period and, and the bit of um, fixture, fixture build-up that occurs around that time. But yeah, we're taking it you know, one game at a time. Saturday coming down in Coventry, it's a huge game for us. We're, uh, we're five points back from the London Raiders with three games in hand. So it's a massive point for us if we want to keep moving up the standings and, and keep in touch and distance with, uh, with the pack of teams that are above us. And and yeah, we're, we're confident. I mean, if, if we play anywhere near where we did last weekend, I think we're in a great chance um, in, in both games over the weekend. And and like I say, you know, we're just looking to 
be as competitive as we can and, and build our team in the way that we want to play. And then as soon as we get in that rink, I think we'll see it as being on maybe the same level playing field as the rest of the teams. And, you know, there'll, there'll be no excuses then. And we just want to put ourselves in the best position and we should say as well over the festive period a lot of people are going to be getting you know merry and enjoying each other's company and, and that kind of thing spare a thought for the Sheffield Steel Dogs and Leeds Chiefs though on New Year's Eve uh, both <laughs> going head to head on New Year's Eve on Tuesday uh, the December the 31st um, how, how's preparations going for that one and, and what, what's your plans after incidentally <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't really made any to be honest you know as, as I say um from, play, from playing hockey all these years, you just you get used to you know maybe missing out on some of the um, the the wider celebrations over the festive period. But I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I've never you know because the way I've always played away and stuff. I've always been travelling over Christmas and going trying to get back home for maybe Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and then back to wherever I'm playing. And I'm sure it's the same with all the other guys. But yeah, that game on the 31st. Um, hopefully there'll be a big crowd in. And I know it's an early face off. It's I think it's one one thirty. Um, so. There'll be plenty of time for festivities afterwards, I think. Excellent stuff. Uh, well, Sam, a big thank you for joining us. Big congratulations. Uh, you have a, a good Christmas and a good New Year, and uh, we'll, we'll speak to you in 2020. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. You have a good Christmas too. Sam Zajak there, player head coach at the Leeds Chiefs, speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. From the National Division of the NIHL now to North 2, and the Altrincham Aces, a fantastic result for them last weekend, beating Blackburn Hawks 2 by 11 goals to nil. That sees Altrincham cemented in third position in the table, just three points behind Bradford, the league leaders, and the two go head-to-head next Saturday, the 29th of December. And for more on the Aces now, on Thursday, I caught up with one of their coaches, here's Elliot Bain. Uh, so, Elliot, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, first things first, a big congratulations uh, for that 11-0 win on Sunday against Blackburn. Quite quite a result, that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Blackburn haven't, unfortunately, uh, been able to up their game in the last couple of seasons. And that's sort of their team at the moment. And that's sort of the level. But with everybody else producing results like that against them, it's quite good. We felt quite good. And that was sort of something we've achieved. A good score. We've got sort of goals on the board because other people have put quite a lot past Blackburn. So... Uh, yeah, we were pretty happy with Sunday's result. And uh, as a result of that um, outcome there, you, you're now third in the league, uh, four points ahead of, of the Dragons there and uh, solidified yourself in, in the top three now. Um, so so how's the season going? Yeah, very well. Um, we reset the team uh, during the summer due to a number of different things, mainly because of penalty minutes and the sort of reputation we were getting as a team. Penalty minutes were north of... 1300 or something last season which is obviously not acceptable by any standards so we had a bit of a rethink looked at the type of players we wanted to sort of take on board uh, and sort of mentality that the team needed to have uh, rebuilt from there and uh, yeah starting to pay off so yeah we're quite, we're quite happy yeah, and uh, what, that's uh, one. Obviously, you you were beaten on Saturday, but we'll we'll just gloss over that. But I mean, the the actual runner form that you're on at the moment, it see, it seems to be going in the right direction after a bit of a, a steady start. You started to get those wins on the board now. Yeah, it was was quite a steady start. Quite a few new faces in the locker room, so uh, it took a little bit of time for that sort of gel. But we're really really happy with the way the guys are sort of um, bonding and, and and growing as a team, and then that's sort of started to pay off and show in terms of results on, on the ice. Um, yeah, we uh, dropped the point on Saturday against uh, Sheffield away, but we got one point because of the overtime. Um, 
and we've felt a lot of the lads were carrying a bit of cold that seems to be going round. But uh, so we weren't a complete hundred percent. Um, but is what it is. You got to play with, is whoever you play on the day, and that was sort of the result we came with. But yeah, before that, we were, we were more than happy and straight back to winning ways on Sunday. So quite happy with that. And and when it comes to ice hockey more generally at Altrincham, obviously there's a there's a partnership here with the the Manchester Storm and that kind of thing. But when it comes to the Aces as as a club, I mean it goes back a lot longer, doesn't it? I mean it, it's a um, yeah. I remember I as, a, as a kid growing up about the Altrincham Aces. It's a, it's a grand old name, isn't it? Especially around Manchester. Yeah, it is. And um, yeah, like you say, the Storm we have we have a you know an elite league team that play out of our rink, which makes things difficult for us as as, as a club and with the junior academy, and we get the benefit as well as sort of the storm for the junior academy and everything that's happening and the, the good work that's being done there. Um, and, yeah, and yeah, so, we, you know, yes, we've been through a few different name changes since sort of the old rink. But a lot of us watched the old aces as a kid or had parents that played or one way or the other. Um, so, yeah, so the connection is definitely still there with the old aces. Uh, and sort of what goes through it, we get a few fans um, that used to go to the old rink and watch the old aces. So, yeah, it's, yeah, a lot of the... Uh, Sort of the young ones that watched them as a, as a kid have moved on now, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, we still have that connection, with the, like you say, the old, the old Alty Aces. And how important is that that connection with with the the Storm Academy as well? Because there is there is a bit of crossover there, isn't there? And that that must be good seeing those youngsters coming through. Yeah. So we so as a club, we are independent from the Storm Academy, but we work and myself especially work quite closely with the Storm Academy, uh, help out where, where we can, and then that also then pays dividends for us. For example, Sunday we iced four under 18s. Um, the previous Blackburn game we iced, we iced five under 18s. Uh, so yeah, we work quite closely with the uh, with the head coaches of the Storm Academy to sort of give the opportunities where possible to give those players as big a shot as possible. Like I say, not always the option to be able for the, for everybody to jump straight to an elite level or even in between. But the you know, the options are there for those players who maybe are sort of in between or young younger. As an outlet for those juniors, yeah, and and that's quite important, isn't it? Because um, we heard from Sheffield at the start of the season with the relationship with the Steelers and the Steel Dogs. They've they've started, even though they're independent clubs, they they've developed this. They're developing these pathways where they, you can see the step up because it is a big step, isn't it? Going from from junior hockey, youth hockey, all, all the way up to elite league, and having having these level of of cooperation going on that that's that's beneficial for the players. Of course, it is, and that and that's sort of number one objective. Um, Certainly, for some, you know, for everyone has their own reasons for doing being involved, or however, but yeah, so that's sort of our connection is to push whether it's our own players at a senior level or open the pathways up for the junior level as much as possible. So that's what we like to work with those guys. And like you say, um, unless this talent is outstanding, um, in most situations, the elite league shot doesn't come initially. Um, so having an option there, whether regardless of the level, um, senior hockey is always going to be a jump up from from junior hockey. So yeah, it, we are we try to offer that uh, position, and then obviously we take the benefit. The same with sort of a player. We have a player, Ethan May, who plays across three leagues: uh, our league, the league above, and the uh, and the national league. So um, you know we offer that benefit to maximise his ice time as much as possible. Uh, if he, we take the benefit from him playing for us and obviously he gets the benefit from the ice time and practice so 
That's how we sort of work it. Yeah. And and when it comes to ice hockey in 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 Manchester and and that kind of thing, I mean, um, I I remember as a kid in the in the nineties, it was it was off the scale, wasn't it? I mean, the number of roller hockey teams and and that kind of thing. But are you seeing um so, some quality players coming through who who maybe a generation after me they're starting to pick up the game now and, and it's starting to grow again. Yeah, in terms of sort of the junior club at Manchester, they as we have sort of been for a bit of a renaissance in the last few years in the fact that Nick Crawley took over as head coach um, and obviously an ex-Storm player from, like you say, the, the, the heyday of the Storm in the 90s. Um, and what they've sort of are starting to achieve through the juniors um we are starting just about starting to get that that you know sort of benefit from the ones those sort of bridge players that maybe can't make that step but in terms of slightly younger down 15s 13s especially there's some some serious talent um starting to come like you say it was slightly different like you say roll, lots of roller hockey teams and that's how a lot of people started a sort of the older sort of generation but though and roller hockey sort of probably dropped off slightly unfortunately but it build skills in different ways and Nick will support that um, from the junior side but they um, in terms of yeah some real under 13s 15s starting to show some real promise and I think yeah uh, they'll probably bypass us quite quickly but it's great to see that as a club as a as a, as a locals you know hockey community that we can push players straight into the sort of highest level of hockey in the UK. Yeah, brilliant stuff and uh, def- definitely something to be enthusiastic about the future, certainly. Um, but w- speaking of the future, um, you're not in action now, uh, th- this side of Christmas, uh, but you are back in action on the on the 29th with with a massive game at home to, to the Bradford Bulldogs, uh, currently leaders, um, three points separating the pair of you. This, this is a big game, isn't it? Massive, probably our biggest one in terms of significance so far. Um We've had some good games and we've picked up some good points where people may not may or may not have thought it possible or necessary. But yeah, we've we're two one down in terms of results against them this season. Going to Bradford is like a fortress. Um that place is pretty well nailed down. So to come out with some good close games is sort of the key there. Um and then we took the win in 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 when they came to us the last time. So that is definitely our goal. Our goal as, as a team is to make playoffs. Initially, uh, we thought that maybe top of the league or winning the league was slightly out of our reach with such a new new group or sort of a new sort of direction that the team's heading. But we're certainly, yeah, we sort of play our game and we can, it's shown over the last sort of five or six that that can be effective in our league. We've got good results against Hall and Telford and even against Sheffield, even though we didn't get pick up both points, we picked up one in a, in a close game. So, yeah, that game is massive for us. Um Unfortunately, our practice has fallen on a Wednesday, so um, last night was our last practice before that game. So we have to be ready to go when the bell rings on the 29th. Yeah, so that is that is could make or break us in terms of holding where we are or sort of dropping off or letting them run away. So to try and keep in touch. Two points is massive on the 29th. I was going to say with the, with the storm in action uh, the, the night earlier, come one, come all should be the message for that Sunday game. Yeah, definitely. If we we play better with a bit of a crowd and a bit behind us, yeah. If there's if there's uh, storm fans who are at loose end on the 29th because there's no storm home game, uh, yeah, definitely get down. Uh, it should be a pretty good game. We, we're definitely out to get two points um, as we are every every time we step on the ice. But that is it is definitely a crucial game for for both clubs. I think, like you say, because if we take the points, it puts us one 
there if they, if they don't they go sort of two and a half games clear so uh, it's definitely a big game Elliot Bain uh, from the Altringham Aces and you can of course follow the Altringham Aces on Twitter that's at Alti Aces and you can visit their website as well altringhamaces.net uh, but that's it for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast a big thank you to all our guests this week for joining me remember for all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey you can visit the website britishicehockey.co UK. But that's it for this week's show. I've been Ben, and wherever you're going this weekend to cheer on your British ice hockey side, make sure that you have fun. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 